Welcome to AAA Sky. Today, Maggie and I are discussing smart telescopes with Cyril Dupree, the founder of the company Vaunus. I'm Stanley Furtick. Hello, everyone. I'm Maggie Machinsky, the new voice of AAA Sky. AAA Sky is produced by the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York, whose mission is to promote the study of astronomy and emphasize its cultural and inspirational value. Find out more about AAA at aaa.org. First, here's a word from our president, Brian Berg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the AAA podcast. This is Brian Berg, president of the Amateur Astronomers Association. I am so pleased and proud to present a brand new season of our podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to point everyone to our new website, AAA.org. We are so proud of everything we have achieved here from the board, the executive members, the volunteers, and everyone who's part of AAA in that we launched this brand new exciting website. You'll be able to see everything that our association does through the website in a clear and concise manner. I hope that everyone goes there, and I hope that if you're not a member, that you consider becoming one. We also, at this time, are now loaning telescopes to the residents of New York City through the library. The same way you take out a book, you can now borrow a telescope donated by AAA. Our classes are in full swing. We are out and about in the field having people come up and look through telescopes very often for the very first time. There's really nothing more exciting than that. We have so much going on at AAA, and I hope that all of you listening can come and enjoy and share in the experience of seeing the cosmos with us. With that said, in episode one of season two of the AAA podcast, we will be discussing the origin of Stellina, a smart telescope, as well as the CEO of Stellina, his experience as an entrepreneur, how Stellina works, and what makes a smart telescope smart. This is great stuff as we are seeing technology, science, and astronomy converge. I hope that all of you enjoy this podcast. I hope you all stay tuned and listen to the rest of the season as they roll out at about once a month. And again, thank you all for being part of the AAA family. Cyril Dupuis is the founder and CEO of Vaunus, the French startup company which makes the smart telescope Stellina. What's a smart telescope? We'll get into that a bit later. Cyril grew up in southern France and has been a stargazer since, while still a boy, he first visited the observatory in the city of Nice. He joined his local astronomy club in Montpellier, of which he eventually became its president, and became increasingly interested in how different kinds of telescopes work. He studied optics and aerospace engineering at the university, and while there, began to imagine a telescope that would be as easy to use as a point-and-shoot camera. He founded Vaunus in 2014 to make such a telescope, and in doing so, inaugurated a whole new class of smart telescopes. He was featured as an entrepreneur in the Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2019. We spoke to Cyril at his office in Montpellier via Zoom. Hello, Cyril. Welcome to AAA Sky. 
Hi, Stanley. Very happy to be here with you. Um, Sarah, let's just jump in right away because we have a lot to talk about. So let's just jump in and talk about Stelina. Many of our listeners may not be familiar with Stelina, which was your first commercial product. So can you tell us what is Stelina? Can you describe it? How is it similar to other telescopes? How is it different? Um, the, the main difference with Stelina is the fact that you are not observing the sky directly with your eye in a typical eyepiece, but uh, all the idea is using a new technology like sensor. Uh, we have integrated it inside the instrument and the goal is to observe through a sensor directly uh, on an iPad, uh, an iPhone, everything you want. Uh, but to observe through uh, a sensor that is much more sensitive that, than uh, our eye. And it also is uh, somewhat automated, no? Yeah, it was very important for us because as a, an amateur astronomer, I am observing the sky every week, something like that. And it's always the same. It's very difficult <laughs> to observe uh, and to take photos. To observe with a, a Dobson or something like that, it's easy, but sometimes you want to go uh, and observe uh, colors and more details in galaxies. So at this moment, astrophotography becomes very interesting, but astrophotography is very difficult. Uh, you need a long time to set up your instruments and to, to do all the image processing and uh, blah, blah, blah. So um, with Telina, the goal was to create a very simple instrument. So you just have to, uh, in the app, click on initialize and in two or three minutes, you are ready to, to observe and explore the universe. Right, so the way it works is you set it up, there's just one on off button and you have an app on your phone and how do you find things in the sky? <laughs> um, so the, the first step is, uh, like you said, to connect your iPad or iPhone uh, or obviously Android devices with a Wi-Fi connection to uh, Stelina. And after in the app, uh, we will use the GPS uh, location and uh, through the GPS, we have the hour and the exact position on Earth. And we will use it to give you some uh, advices and recommended objects. Uh, so in the app, you will have uh, tonight, you can observe uh, M31, M42, or I don't know. And so even if you don't know anything about astronomy, you will have some advice to, to help you to choose. Right. And Stelina does plate solving. I, don't, I have no idea how to say that in French, but you know the term in English. <laughs> so it knows what it's pointing at. It, it, yeah, it's... Uh, Stelina needs that to 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 fun, uh, pour fonctionner. Sorry, to function. To function. Yes. Uh, so yes, Stelina needs the the plate solving to solving to function. Uh, and when you are po pointing something, it will do a plate solving each time. Uh, and every three seconds, it it, it will check if uh, it's a good place or not, and it will move a little bit if it's necessary. So it's uh, all the, the, function, the function of uh, Stelina is uh, based on, on that, yeah. So uh, a few years ago, there was a debate, uh, in my opinion, a silly debate, but it was a big debate as to whether somebody who is just starting out in astronomy has to learn the sky 
so that they can find things by themselves by hopping from star to star, star hopping, or whether it's okay to just start with a go-to telescope and let it find things for you. And I've had plenty of arguments on the subject. Um, it seems to me that Selena is kind of the logical extension of go-to. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. And the, the idea is really, astronomy is a wonderful uh, world. You can see so many beautiful things. And I think the, the fact to have to learn so many things before uh, understand how I can point an object and everything, um, the, the first step is very, very high. And all the idea with our product is uh, you can observe very easily, and after um, with our pictures, we will try to explain to you what it is, where is it, at what uh, distance, and all this wonderful information uh, will be um, explained. But after the the result, not before. After you see it. Yeah, yeah. after you see it. So the idea is that it, uh, to get away from telescopes that just sit in the closet because they're too hard to use. Yeah, it, exactly. For me, the, a telescope has to be used every week. That, that's my goal. And um, when we have a new customer, we want to know, uh, do you use it or not? And what is the frequency, the frequency of your observation? Um, and in the future, we will try to send notifications. We will try to, um, to help our customers to 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 observe the sky and there is so many things to observe and the sky is moving every, every day in the, in a year you have uh, not new objects but you have um, specific observation to do uh, a comet an asteroid an exoplanet uh, a sunspot and so many things to do and uh, our product is here to help well, if you can see exoplanets with it, that'd be quite quite a product. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with our new product, but yeah, it depends on the diameter for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so, uh, I guess I should ask you. So, who is Stellina made for? Who are the customers that you're looking for? We have different kind of customers. The first one is, um, it's obvious, but uh, the amateur astronomer uh, that is uh, observing the sky for between uh, 10 and 20 years. And after oh, all me. this time, yeah, like you, exactly. But may maybe you, you don't want now to uh, take your uh, 50 kilograms telescope and, uh, and <laughs> pack everything in your bag or in your car. And uh, yeah, so, so we have a lot of amateur astronomers, uh, but it's maybe not half of our customer, uh, maybe 30% of our customers. And after we've got um, all people that were already interested by uh, astronomy and the universe, but for who telescopes were too difficult to use. So, uh, yeah, for, for them, Stelina is a way to observe as uh, they always dreamed. Uh, so easy to, to do. And the last, the last community that we can touch is the photograph, um, because you can love taking photos of uh, animals or buildings, but wow, uh, take... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... It's easy to take pictures of buildings and animals, uh, but uh, technically, I mean, 
it can be hard, but uh, if you want to start, it's easy. But astrophoto, uh, one more time, the first step is very high. So with Telina, we have a lot of photographers, uh, amateur photographers that are interested to to start astrophotography with uh, with our products. And sometimes after they are just selling the instrument and buying a Takashi uh, or a very big instrument. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the, we achieve our goal, uh, that is, uh, make uh, observation accessible to everyone. Well, I mean, astrophotography, it is difficult, at least with a, an ordinary telescope. It's always difficult. We teach a lot of classes at the AAA in beginning mm -hmm. astrophotography and advanced astrophotography with a DSLR or with a telescope. And those are among our most popular classes. So how did you come up with the idea for Stellina? What's the genesis? Mm, I've discovered astronomy when I was uh, 15. Now I'm 30, so 15 years ago. And it was uh, in uh, near Monaco, so in the southeast of France, uh, because there is a wonderful uh, professional observatory. Uh, and I... I thought that the astronomical instruments were just wonderful and uh, beautiful. And during 10 years, I've tried to take photos, to observe with uh, eyepiece and everything, but I was always uh, disappointing um, with the ratio time you spend and the results. Uh, it's long <laughs> because you have to... <laughs> You have to leave the cities uh, for uh, light pollution uh, when you observe with your eye. Uh, after, uh, when you want to do uh, astrophotography, you have to spend, I don't know how many hours to, to set up your instrument. So for me, yeah, the, the ratio was not good. That, that's why with Telina, the, the idea was to say, okay, uh, astronomy is very cool. Observing uh, during one, two, three hours is very cool. But I want to do it in three hours, not three hours of observation and one hour of uh, set, setting up your of setup so, time yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's that the sounds point. like my life <laughs> <laughs> for somebody who has not seen Stellina and this is an audio podcast so it's it's hard for me to describe it but I'll, I'll try it it looks like something which was made by Apple computer I mean uh, and I and I'm wondering to what degree that was intentional on your part because uh, just for, bear with me for a minute. Uh, I think there are some parallels that are obvious. When Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak first introduced the Macintosh with innovations which they didn't create, but innovations they borrowed, um, like using a mouse and windows and menu bars, it changed computing forever for everyone. So is that your, the source, is that an inspiration for you? Yes, I, I, obviously it was, it's conscious or unconscious, but uh, it, it was an inspiration after my mother is a, an architect and my father is passionate by design. So obviously it was in my uh, DNA uh, to love the a good design. Um, and I think, I think it's important when you try to change a way to do something to also change the, the shape of the, the product. And that was the idea with, uh, with Stelina, change uh, everything from the user experience to the, the, the design of the instrument. So there is, yes, there is some Apple uh, ideas 
behind. And also, um, I don't think you know this brand because it's a French company, but De Vialet uh, is a famous French company uh, for, for speakers. And yes, I, I, do, really I do know like them. You don't? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so there is French companies uh, <laughs> in the US and also in New York. I know. I think that there is some uh, De Vialis stores in New York. Yeah, we have everything and... in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but De Vialis is, is a good example of um, a very good product, uh, very beautiful. And, yeah, it's, it's and really expensive. Always. And expensive <laughs> because it's made in France. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to ask you about an article that you once wrote, which uh, the, my my rough translation is why a telescope does not need an eyepiece. Um, that's a pretty controversial statement. Can you walk us through your thinking on, on this? Just I want to start with... Um... By saying something, I okay. love to observe in a Dobson. So if you give me a Dobson... Uh, we say a Dobsonian. A Dobsonian, sorry, telescope. Dobsonian, uh, yeah. In French, we say just, it's c'est un Dobson, but a Dobsonian telescope. Um, uh, for me, it's, it's wonderful. So it's not about, I don't like uh, observing in, in an eyepiece or something like that. It's, it's just a very... Um, a uh, fact for me, uh, people are living uh, that are living in big cities uh, with more than uh, I don't know 100,000 uh, people. It's the light pollution is really uh, a problem, and uh, you know this problem because <laughs> in New York you, you, you have it. So for all these people, it's uh, it's difficult to observe. So for me, with your eye, it's it's impossible, or it will be only few objects. And if you want to interest people uh, into astronomy, you, you have to, to use technology for me because due to uh, light pollution, it's uh, that, that's the main point. Uh, I will never say, oh, it's better to use a, a Stelina in uh, in the campaign. Obviously, you can, but a Dobsonian telescope is also a wonderful option. Sure. Um, or other kind of telescopes, obviously. And it is true that from New York City, for example, you can photograph galaxies, and we have a group of people that specialize in deep sky photography from the middle of New York City. But with visual observing, you basically cannot see galaxies from New York City. Even Andromeda, you kind of see like a white blob, <laughs> and that's through my 12-inch. So, yeah, it's yeah, a problem. It it, and then everything is gray and green, other than planets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for general public, the fact to see everything in black and white uh, is uh, can be uh, an issue. And for galaxies, it's very difficult in the city. So you have some planetary nebulas and things like that. But it's it's not so much. Um, but try to observe uh, in a with your eye in an eyepiece. Uh, M51 or this kind of thing, it's it's going to be very, very difficult. It's possible, but disappointing for many people. So photography is a way to to observe. Uh, even in the cities, we have customers all around, around the world, uh, in uh, Las Vegas, in uh, Roma, in uh, London, in New York, obviously. So it's uh, with a CLS filter, so light, uh, light pollution filter, uh, you can observe uh, like if you were uh, far from the city. So how do you actually accomplish the fact of 
being able to see something visually, I guess on your phone or your iPad, uh, from a light polluted city with Stellina. Mm. Uh, by using filters. You can also use filters uh, with an eyepiece and uh, classical uh, observation with a telescope, um, but it's more difficult because uh, your eye is not very sensitive, so you need a, a very big diameter, uh, and using filters will give you the opportunity to observe uh, maybe with more details, galaxies and things like that, even in a city, but uh, the results are never really impressive because your eye cannot stack pictures. <laughs> it's uh, just a live view. Uh, and it's not the case with a sensor. And the first picture with Stelina, the idea with Stelina is really, and all our products is really to based on stacking, live stacking uh, pictures. So the first one is not really amazing. And you can see it with uh, with your eye in an eyepiece too. You, can, you cannot see sometimes the nebula on the first picture. But pictures after pictures will have more details. And even uh, with the filters that is uh, taking a lot of lights, uh, you can have a very good result if you are waiting a few minutes or sometimes a few hours. Okay, so when you talk about stacking, so Stellina is accumulating photons over a couple, over, over minutes to give yeah, you a color a, picture of what you're looking at? That's the idea, exactly. So there is a 10 second time exposure um, and every 10 seconds, you will have uh, a new picture on your final stack. And all the intelligence of Stelina is to analyze each picture. So in life, it's easy to do it when you have your 1,000 pictures. Uh, you, you place it in a wonderful software and it will tell you, yeah, okay, I take uh, 80%, 70%. But in live, it's very difficult and Stelina do it itself. And you will say, okay, this one is uh, not uh, nice enough, so I, I uh, dismiss it. Um, and you will take only the best of them, stack it, and we have a recommended uh, time for each object, uh, minimum recommended time. And to give you an idea, I think for uh, Eagle Nebula, it's something like uh, 20 minutes. And you yeah, can that's see a, a kind of... Yeah, it's that's a long time, but you can see things before uh, 20 minutes and the, the more interesting thing and exciting things to do with Stelina is to replace this kind of little video where we can see a kind of explosion uh, in uh, Accelerate, uh, for example, a Figure Nebula. At the beginning, you can cannot see anything and right. picture after picture, you have all the details so, of the object. Oh, it just gradually, the view of it gets better and better and better over over a period of time. But for something bright like uh, M27, which in English, it's a dumbbell nebula, but in French, I think you call it the apple core, le trognon de pomme. Uh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's <true. laughs> which is a, a better name, I think. But, uh, <laughs> um, so I, you don't need 20 minutes for that, no? Yeah, sure. Uh, it, after uh, one minute, you will see a lot of details in, in this kind of nebula. Um, after you have to use uh, HDR, uh, so high dynamic range uh, picture, and we are working a, a lot on the image processing. And to be honest, it's the, the more difficult uh, subjects and the subject where there, where there is um, the 
the most uh, new things to, to develop. And it's just the beginning. And the good point with smart telescopes, that's the name of this new generation, yeah. is the fact that you can update the firmware. And so you have your app. Uh, the name is Stellinap for our product. And in the app, you just have to click on update the Stellinas of, uh, firmware. And you will have the new version of image processing. And every month, we are improving the automated image processing. And it, it gives you better pictures. Right. Uh, so uh, maybe this is a silly question. Which, which came first, Vaunis or the idea to create Stellina? And how did you create Vaunis? At the beginning, I just had the idea to create for myself an automated instrument. Right. But I don't have the, the knowledge for that. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I, I was uh, uh, just a little student um, in aerospace. So I had some, some skills, uh, but uh, not all of them because there is a software, electronic, mechanic, optics, so many different subjects that uh, all amateur astronomers have to, to know. And so I had the idea and to, but I, I had some discussion with some of my friends and they told me, oh, but if you want to, to do one, can you please do another for me? And okay, and for another one and for another one. And I understood at this moment that uh, many people could be interested by a new generation of instruments and the creative company was just a way to, to allow me to do that. But I, I'm not a, a a serial entrepreneur or something like that. Uh, I'm just an amateur astronomer that uh, that want to to allow everyone to observe easily. So, what has uh, Stellina's experience been so far in the United States? A, a big part of uh, Stellina's story is in New York because um, the the pre-launch of the Stellina was uh, at the Museum of Modern Art. Uh, yes. design store uh, it was a huge opportunity for us uh, because as a small company based in the south of france working uh, with uh, the moma was a, a very good experience and it gives us uh, a worldwide uh, visibility um, and after we had another event in new york uh, with jeff miles which is a, a famous musician uh, to launch uh, artistic versions of uh, stelina uh, Stellinart versions and yes. to speak about the rest of the US market for us is more than 50% uh, of our turnover so it's the biggest uh, country for us um, and obviously California is a, is, a, is a huge market because you have only um, it's a kind of caricature but you have employees from uh, Google, Facebook and all these big companies in tech and for them, observing the sky with this kind of technology is, uh, is, is very easy and uh, clear. Yeah, well, they have, they have, with the exception of San Francisco, they have clear skies in a lot of colleges. <laughs> uh, so uh, after Stellina, you recently launched Vespera, which is like uh, Stellina's little sister, if you will. And just this week, you announced Hyperia, which looks to me like a very high-end product. Can you tell me, can you tell us about the differences among these three types of telescopes? And 
how is it that you launched three different product lines so early in the history of your company? I imagine they must be going after different customers, no? Yeah, yeah, very different customers. And we, we started with uh, Stelina. And to be honest, at the beginning, I didn't know what could be the price of an instrument like that. Uh, when I started, I, I had uh, 25 years old. And the price of Stelina went to $2,000 to $12,000. I didn't know what could be the price. Wow. Um, it wasn't at the, on the market, obviously, at this time. Um, so I was thinking about what is the good price. Um, after uh, after when I had the, the real cost to produce one Stelina, uh, the selling price was uh, was easy to, to find um, after a few years of development. Um, and research of the research and development, yeah. Uh, so that was the first step, Stelina. And because the vision and the reason uh, to exist of Vionis is um, give to many people the opportunity to observe the sky, we had to create a more affordable products and with all the same technology and embedded software um, than Stelina. And that that's why it's easy for, for us to launch new products. It's because the, the brain uh, of each product is the same. Right. Um, yeah. So we just have to work on mechanical aspects and electronical aspects and optical aspects. But the software uh, that is very difficult to develop uh, is the same. And when we are updating Stelina, we are also updating Vespera and Hyperia. So uh, Vespera, the second product that we launched uh, last year, 12 months ago, um, is only $1,500 compared to Stelina at $4,000. So the price is very different because we have a more important volume because the size of the lens uh, is not the same. It's uh, 50 millimeters compared to 80 millimeters. Right. Uh, the sensor uh, haven't got the same uh, resolution and this kind of technical aspects. And we also wanted to use our software to create uh, high-end, very high-end products with the best uh, components that you can find in the market. That's why we choose all of them. Uh, okay, so what is the best mount? It's the direct drive mount. Okay, so we will take that. After, uh, with a refractor, what is the best refractor that you can have? Okay, it's a 150 millimeters. Um, so Hyperia have a six-inch uh, lens. Uh, it's a triple apochromatic. And for the sensor, it's uh, 61 million pixels and black and white sensor and everything you need, uh, filter wheel and everything. So we took every all the best components and uh, with exactly the same software. That was the idea, using the same one more time brain in all our instruments. That's why we can launch new products every year. Yeah, well, a six-inch refractor is a big refractor. That's... Yeah, the price is uh, forty-five thousand dollars. So, so yeah, the the price is is high. But at the end, uh, obviously, we 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 made the uh, the exercise to take a look. Uh, if you are if you want to do exactly the same, you will have to buy a Takahashi uh, in France. I don't know in the US, but it's the TOA uh, one hundred fifty. Uh, TOA 150 in French, so it's the, the same optique. Uh, you yeah. will have to take uh, the equivalent in camera and mount, and you will be around uh, 30,000. So 
Yes, uh, yes it's 15,000 more, but you have the fact that everything is automated um, and you have the capacity to, to change the camera, so to upgrade your instruments. Right, and you can take advantage of the fact that you're always doing updates to the software and the firmware, which if you spend $30,000 on a telescope and a mount, uh, it's expensive to upgrade them after that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a Tesla. Uh, that's the example that I, I take uh, every time. Uh, with our instrument, you can improve a lot of things, uh, the accuracy of the pointing, the accuracy of the tracking, the image processing, the consumption of the instruments. There is so many things that we are working on and uh, that we are improving every month. But, and I, I think it's the future of uh, astronomy. Like Tesla, make instruments that can uh, ev um, evolve. But, uh, oh, yes. Evolve, That's yeah. the word, evolve. Uh, thank you. <laughs> that can evolve, uh, but not on hardware aspects, but more on software aspects. And obviously, there is only one thing that is evolving in our instruments. is It's uh, the sensor, because there is new technologies every right. three years, something like that. Uh, so for Hyperia, you can change the sensor without I having see. to change all the instruments. Yeah, that's a big difference. Wow. Um, so I do have one last question, which on AAA Sky, we like to ask all of our guests, which is not really astronomy oriented, which is, I mean, you haven't been able to come to New York because of COVID and because of the ban on visitors from the EU. Um, otherwise, we'd be having this conversation in person. Uh, so, and, and the good news is that it was just announced this week that we're going to allow French and other Europeans into the United <laughs> States again. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, but uh, as a visitor to New York, do you have a favorite place in the city? I, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult question because there is so many... Uh, extraordinary places in New York and to be honest it's our favorite city in the world with my wife uh, with Rome Roma and it's, it's a dream of my my wife and me to, to come and live in, in New York so I, I really like this city and for me I don't know the name of the district but maybe maybe you can help me uh, when you you are on the um, uh, I forgot the name. Uh, le nom, le pont Brooklyn, Brooklyn oh, Bridge. Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, when you are on the Brooklyn Bridge, you are yes. going in Brooklyn, yeah. and there is a small uh, district just at the beginning of the Brooklyn Bridge, bridge where you can see all the New York City. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name of this uh, district. I will tell you, but I have to say uh, that, that you know we did not set this up. For every knowledge, but that's where I live. Um, and really? the name of this neighborhood, <laughs> I'm so the name yeah. of this neighborhood is Brooklyn Heights. And yeah, there's the promenade where you have the. It's like a boardwalk where you have one of the best views of Manhattan. Um, so thank you. I'm very glad to hear you like my neighborhood. Um, you are very lucky to live there. And when I saw the, the, all the houses in front of the, all the, the skyline of New York, it's just a dream to, to go and live in this district. It's wonderful. Well, then I, I hope to welcome you here when you next come to New York, you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's going to be a, pl a pleasure, as you can imagine. 
understand, after listening to this conversation with Surreal about this new, sleek, modern telescope, why don't you tell the listeners what defines a smart telescope? Well, I think there are three things that characterize a smart telescope. The first one is live stacking. That is, you're accumulating photons over a period of seconds or minutes. So when you look at an image from a smart telescope, over a period of minutes, the image gets better and better, and you can see much more detail and bright colors, which ordinarily you can't see when you look through the eyepiece of an ordinary telescope because there's just not enough photons to see all the bright colors. So live stacking is a primary characteristic of smart telescopes. The next thing is plate solving. And I have no idea how to say plate solving in French, but these French telescopes do it nonetheless. Um, that means that the telescope has within it a database of the sky, and it's always comparing what it's pointing at and what it's seeing to that database so that it always knows exactly where it's pointing and therefore it can find things in the sky for you as well. And then third, which is a very important thing, is all of the smart telescopes have software that enables you to view images, as I just described, to save them as astrophotos, as well as to share them with others. That's what a smart telescope is. Yeah, you know, so you mentioned the lack of an eyepiece. For me, that's gotta be the most innovative thing about this scope. Because, uh, you know, to my knowledge, there's never been a scope designed that way before. And I imagine, you know, some people may be slow to accept that, you know, the, the purists, if you will, the traditional astronomers. But in public observing platforms, like our club does all the time and promotes, it's probably the best function of the scope. Because, you know, and especially in a post-COVID world where you're not having to clean an eyepiece and you can have, you know, five, 10 people viewing the same image. You're not waiting in line and you're not worrying about, as I said, COVID. It's great. Yeah. And the other thing is for existing astronomers, uh, you, of course, you can take pictures from the middle of the city and you'll get color in them. Uh, and our astrophotography group, yourself included, can do things like that. But what's amazing about this is you can actually do visual astronomy from within the middle of a city and see faint nebulae and galaxies. And I think that's incredible. It is incredible. As you mentioned, you can see all these beautiful objects from the middle of New York City. So for us crazy people who love this hobby and love astronomy, we are probably the most challenged in that we live in the most light-polluted city in America. And as you mentioned, this telescope gives you the tools and the functions to view, and not only view, but photograph these beautiful objects that were all in past times having to travel elsewhere to darker skies to, to view, even just to view. Absolutely. I think what's really driving Cyril is to open up astronomy and astrophotography to not only to people like us, to astronomers or astrophotographers, but for the rest of the world, for people that may, have, may be interested in astronomy, but don't have a telescope and never thought about getting one because it's too hard to use and too much of a learning curve to get through. Um, but with a smart telescope, you don't have to, you can, of course, learn the sky and learn how to do post-processing if you so choose, but it's not a requirement in order to see things in the sky. 
And I think that's really what's driving it. Yeah, Stan, I couldn't agree more. Um, as you mentioned, for those who may not be seasoned veterans of knowing where things are in the sky, this takes that completely out of the equation. It takes out the frustration and the time to learn the night sky. And I think that this will really grow the astronomy and especially astrophotography community. I like that. Let's take out the frustration. <laughs> That's, for, if you're not a seasoned astrophotographer or a seasoned astronomer, you don't have to get past a learning curve in order to enjoy looking at the sky through a telescope. Um, you don't have to learn the sky. You don't have to figure out how this telescope work. How do I set it up? How do I find things in the sky? That's what a smart telescope is. It's time for the AAA Sky Listener Challenge, where we ask you, the listener, to answer a question about a previous episode, and we award a prize to the winner, selected at random from the correct answers. Who doesn't love free stuff? Everyone loves free stuff. Since this is our first episode of the new season, we'll ask you a question about the final episode from last season. If you answer correctly, you'll have a chance to win a very fashionable, awesome-looking AAA Sky hoodie. Guys, it's hoodie season. Everyone wants a free hoodie. We'll announce the winner to the world in our next episode. So Stan, what's the AAA Sky Listener Challenge question for today? Well, in our final episode from last season, we discussed stargazing with AAA chairman John Bills. Our Listener Challenge question for today is therefore, what inspired John to start taking more pictures of the sky? You can enter by emailing your answer to Listener Challenge, all one word, at aaa.org. Be sure to get your answer in by the deadline of midnight Eastern Standard Time, November 5th. Best of luck to all of our listeners. If you're not a member, stop by our website at aaa.org to learn more about the organization and how you can become part of it. Use the code aaasky21, that's aaasky21, to get a 15% discount on your first year membership dues. And if you'd like to contact us at AAA Sky, you can always email us at aaasky at aaa.org. Keep those questions and comments coming. We'd love to hear from you guys. That's our show. Tune in next month when we discuss astrophotography with renowned photographer Stan Honda. Everyone's going to be excited for that one. Okay. AAA Sky audio editing and original music by the incomparable Preston Staley. Our technical producer is Parker Bossier. 